You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us on this journey of wrestling on the podcast. That's what the journey of wrestling is. Um, we got a great episode for you today. Uh, one of our regular uh, guests, uh, two-time guest, now becoming a three-time guest, is uh, on the show today. Very special guest. One of my favorite people to uh, talk wrestling with, to be honest. Uh, Rudy Blair from Rudy Blair Entertainment is on today. So uh, that'll be coming up a little later. But before we get to um, a fantastic conversation with Rudy, uh, you know what you got to do. Hit us up on all the social media outlets there. On the Twitter, we are at TNWPod. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, send us a Gmail uh, for the upcoming Q&A. So send us a Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Get your questions in. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, we are on Facebook, of course. On the Facebook, we are at Talking Wrestling. Facebook, uh, basically it's like Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling. That's where we are. Uh, where else can I tell you where we are? We are all over the place, people. We're on Spotify. If you were on Spotify, uh, put us on a list. Give us a heart. Favorite us. Let people know that Talking Wrestling is a good podcast to listen to. Um, Apple. Apple Music. We're on Apple Music. So check us out there. We're also on iTunes. So rate, review, subscribe. Give us a uh, five-star rating and a favorable review. We will send you a postcard from 1983 of a wrestler of your choice. Um, yeah, so all that's going on. Let's see. Did I forget any of them? Instagram. On Instagram, we are Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Check us out there. Uh, you know, leave a comment if you like. Yeah, that would be, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, what else do we got going on? I think that's all the social media places that we, you can find us. We're pretty much where popular podcasts are. Uh, I don't need to tell you, you're the listener, you pretty much know this stuff, but just a reminder, every uh, f- little form of feedback, whether it be a, a like on this or or a thumbs up on that or a comment, good show, everything helps to build the show and to build the numbers and uh, yeah, and we try to do a good show, we, we try to do a good show, uh, of course we being myself. And Never Sleeps Network, the good people over there. So, uh, with that said, um, yeah, we got some good episodes coming up. Um, I'm going on a bit of a holiday, but we, we're, uh, we're doing some pre-taping and uh, excited. Uh, next week uh, from Saturday Night Live, uh, comedian and host of the podcast, uh, The Entry Level, uh, Brooks Whelan will be on the show. I'm excited for that. Uh, I was on his podcast, and it was, it was uh, rather a good, pretty good time. So check out his podcast, and uh, 
and check out next week uh, when Brooks will be on. He's a he's a pretty big wrestling fan. Uh, also, um, you know, uh, as a result of being on Brooks's podcast uh, through the miracle of Twitter and just tweets, um, this altercation sort of happened, and out of the altercation, David Arquette started following me. So I I uh, let it simmer for a week. I was very excited, and um, and uh, yesterday I shot him a DM. I slid into his DM and shot him one, and uh, asked him if he'd be interested, perhaps coming on uh, the Talk and Wrestling podcast, because he is a wrestler, and even if he wasn't, he was in. Uh, ready to rumble, and even if he wasn't, he would beat Jeff Jarrett for the WCW world title, which some people think is a disgrace, but, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. It was an opportunity to put WCW into the mainstream media, and, uh, and if I was that actor that loved wrestling that was in that position, I would, uh, I would embrace it even though people are going to shit on me for 20 years. And then he comes back. So I admired that, that he came back to wrestling and made a legitimate attempt at becoming a wrestler uh, rather than just an actor pretending to be a wrestler like the first time. So anyways, I waited a week and then, uh, and then I um, sent him a message. And uh, within 24 hours, he got back to me. So um, what the message said, I uh, I don't know if I want to reveal right now. No. The message said uh, he'd love to come on the podcast. Uh, there's just some uh, legality issues uh, right now. And uh, once those are all uh, settled up, uh, hopefully we'll uh, have a go. And uh, hopefully he'll be on the show. But uh, he does have interest of being on Talking Wrestling. I did tell him that RJ City has been on three times. So it's only right that we get um, the other half of our Cat City on the show. And uh, I'm hoping this happens because I'd love to talk to him. Just specifically about the Luke Gage match that I was at the weekend of Survivor Series in Los Angeles a couple years ago. Where he uh, almost cut his jugular and bled out in the rain it was quite insane anyways enough talking folks uh rudy blair is on the show today very excited to have him on like i said always the best time talking wrestling with rudy blair so uh casey rudy take it away have a good day enjoy this Folks, with me at this time on the Talking Wrestling Podcast on Never Sleeps Network, we're very lucky to have a, a, a regular voice back on the show. Uh, you've heard him many times before as he's been he's a return guest and one of our favorite guests uh, from Rudy Blair Entertainment. Rudy Blair, the man, the myth, the legend himself, he is on the show today. Thank you, Rudy, for joining us on Talking Wrestling. How are you? I'm good, my friend. I'm uh, actually sitting out in my backyard, and as we speak, it's uh, just about the rain, so you may hear a little, you know, you know, some bumps uh, going on out here. But, uh, no, it's nice to get out, especially with the way the world is these days. How are you doing, my friend? I mean, I've been seeing your podcast uh, 
You've been really busy. How are you holding up, my friend? I'm holding up okay. The podcast is holding up okay. Uh, things are all right. Um, I'm unemployed elsewise uh, with the comedy career. The comedy career is on hold for now. But the good news is comedy clubs have opened up on the West Coast, and uh, they're starting to open up this weekend in Ontario. But I have my concerns. Um, you know, uh, people can think what they want to think. But my thoughts are, uh, in 1918, when the last pandemic very similar to this happened, they used two methods to beat it, social distancing and masks. There's, you know, so you can believe your conspiracies if you want that the government is making us wear a mask to make us all conform to be some sort of, uh, you know, uh, sheep thing that you whatever. But the fact is the COVID-19, it's real. It's here. I know people have died from it. I have friends that have had it. I take it very serious. And whether you believe it's a conspiracy or you believe it's real, your choice is up to you. I, I'm not going to get upset at what you believe, but I take it seriously. And the fact is, is we should all just respect what, what our choices are and just leave it at that. You know? Uh, I, yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I agree with you, my friend. I mean, I, um, I take care of my uh, parents who are in their 80s, and that's the last thing I need. I wear a mask. I've got about maybe 10 of them. I've got gloves. I've got so much hand sanitizer. It's ridiculous. I hand sanitize. You know, I, I clean out the car every time I'm in it. I'm washing constantly. So I'm I'm a firm believer in the mask. And you know, for folks who don't believe it, and like you said, you think it's cons- uh, you know conspiracy or whatever. My thing is, what does it hurt to wear it? It doesn't hurt to wear it, but not wearing it can hurt a lot of people. So my personal belief is. Please wear the mask and please show respect to others around you. So, exactly, and uh, this could that and that that message can go out to the WWE. Uh, I oh. know they Ooh. just finally started wearing masks thanks to Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens has come out and just I guess he had enough and uh, he told Vince McMahon like people have to start wearing masks and. And Vince is like, what am I going to do? And find them? And Kevin Owens is like, yes, find them. If that's what it takes, find them. If they're not wearing masks. Like, it's uh, it's ridiculous. They have, you know, up to, reportedly, up to 25 to 30 cases of COVID reported over the last few weeks at the, within the WWE. So. And didn't one of their announcers get it twice? Yes, yes, Charlie. Uh, what's her name? I think uh, I, I I can't remember her last name. I think her name is Charlie or one of the, well one of the girls, one of the announcer girls. Yes, she got it. She had it earlier in the year, and then she got it again. So that to me is, is very scary because I don't know whether it's dormant in her body and then it just came up again after she had it once, or. Did she actually go out and contract the virus again after she already had it? Because she said she had it, and then she thought she was invincible after she got rid of it. And then she got it again. And I was like, I was like, you know, most people learn from their experiences. You just went out and lived your life. You got it. And then you didn't change anything of your lifestyle. So you got it again. Like, I don't understand why the WWE does not have 
these people all in a hotel together while they tape. And they should be doing bundled tapings. Like, you know, like they used to do superstars five weeks at a once. They should just be doing that. I, AEW did it. I don't know why WWE doesn't do it or both of them don't do it. Like, it's the safest thing possible. But what's happening, well, you know, is the WWE. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Sorry, finish well, your thought, please. Well, what happens is the WWE superstars, they're flying in and out of Florida like there's nothing going on. And the worst place to be is in a flying tube filled with viruses called an airplane. That's the worst place you can be right now. It's just, that's where you're going to get it, is traveling. And um, and I don't understand why these superstars don't take it more seriously. So, you know, because you see, watch their Instagrams, and they're off to Vegas this weekend, and then they're off to New York, and then they're here. Like, poor Rusev. Uh, Rusev has it. Uh, Rusev's, and then Lana's, both of Lana's parents have it. Have it. So guess what, Lana? You're next. Like, if she doesn't already have it, they haven't uh, announced it yet. Because personally, my feeling is she probably had it and brought it to them. That's that's what I would think because I don't think they're they're not doing any traveling or wrestling right now. But she's doing a lot of wrestling and traveling. So I don't know why you know why Vince is uh, uh, such a an idiot about things. Um, you know, like Vince. Oh, that's. That's easy. That's easy. It's well. I'm, I'm going to jump in now. Go I'm going to jump in now on this one. Go ahead. Because um, okay. Well, first off, uh, what you said was so intriguing when you said that Vince McMahon said, "Well, what do you want me to do about it?" This is Vince McMahon. This is a man who people consider God or wrestling. Yes. Everybody knows whatever Vince's word is law. It doesn't matter how stupid it is. Vince's word is law. Everybody is going to listen. If Vince walked in and said, put on your mask, everybody's going to put on a mask. So for him to say, what do you want me to do about it, is ridiculous. And the reason why he's doing that is this goes back to his ego. As you know, my friend, and a lot of people who do know um, the, the things about Vince McMahon is Vince, A, doesn't like to be – Vince doesn't like – not having control. Yes. He doesn't have control of this virus that's going on, COVID-19. He has absolutely no control of it, and he hates it. He hates it. It's not about people getting sick or anything like that. He just doesn't like the fact that he doesn't have control, and it's affected his business. With the XFL going kaput, uh, COVID did that. Yes. Um, the fact that he can't do live shows, COVID did that. Um, the fact that he he can't have his wrestlers coming in the way he wants them to do. COVID did that. He had to get rid of a bunch of wrestlers. Again, all of this did that. This, this, this pandemic is controlling him and what he can do and he can't stand it. So it's almost like even with people out there who don't want to wear masks because they just want some kind of control or even let's, let's jump the shark a little bit more. The folks who, when this whole thing started, we're running around grabbing toilet paper. Like, yeah. how's that going for your butt now these days, you know? Like, nobody needed to go run around, but they just needed control over something. This is what's going on with Vince right now. He just wants to get control. The only problem is his ego and his battle with what's going on is affecting people's health 
It could affect their livelihood, and it could affect their lives. So that, to me, is where the problem is all coming from. And the fact that the performances that they're doing are inside. Why is it that they haven't figured out and going outside? You look over at AEW, yes. look really carefully. It's an outside area they're at. They just got things covered over. Yeah. That, to me, is making a huge difference. Plus the fact they're, they're continually testing. For example, this last AEW show, Tony Schiavone, one of my favorite uh, announcers, wasn't there. Why? He was waiting for his test. And they talk about that. And yeah. they say, please wear a mask. Um, in the WWE, they don't say anything about that. They which don't I think even is a big mistake. It. They don't even acknowledge, they won't acknowledge it. it. No. I think that's a massive mistake. Yes. Massive mistake. And, you know, you could have those in the WWE, those those... I don't know, those hockey glass things they've got up. I, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. That's not going to help, okay, because you're still mingling at the back. Yeah. That's just, that's just something you're putting out there for people to look at and go, oh, look, we're making a difference. Now, of course, they're putting the mask on. Okay, great. Great for TV. What happens when the TV's off? Guarantee you they're all taking off their masks. They're all mingling around. They're all going over to the dining area and getting food and stuff. I mean, come on. What we see on the screen is just for the screen. What happens before and afterwards, I think that's where the scariest part is. In fact, if anything, Vince should be out. We should see a picture of Vince with a mask on. At least that would give me a little bit of something. But we don't even see that. Meanwhile, you you see everybody else doing what they're doing over at AEW. So I commend AEW, and I give a thumbs up to Ted for making that comment about the WWE without actually saying it, saying that, of course, you know, we don't have a sloppy shop here like they do. I did like that. I did like that because it was very, uh, there. I know they want to create a Wednesday night war and all this and all that, and they want this, which I don't buy into because I agree. We, can, we can watch it whenever we want. We have access to every program. There's no need for wars. There's good wrestling everywhere. and But I do like that they're trying to make the war. Uh, the other night, uh, this is going to air next week, so the other night, uh, Fight for the Fallen, Jericho was cutting a promo on ratings. And <laughs> I just thought, this is so ridiculous. But, you know, the WWE, uh, you we're talking conspiracies. I love conspiracies. Uh, I love to indulge in the conspiracies. I, I love to make them up. And the one that I'm like, so I said to my roommate, like, when all this COVID first started happening, um, the uh, they said it's probably, like, it's going to take a year to get a vaccination. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, I'm like they, they've seen, like, it seems like everybody was set on social distancing, wear a mask, going to take a year but like all the same things were repeated by everyone i'm like how did they get this out to everyone to say the same thing right away like right away like is there a memo that comes from the one percent now now vince being in the one percent he is a billionaire um you know and a good friend you know of the president and not only that i think vince when the vince and the donald get together I think Vince is like, I own Donald. And Donald's like, <laughs> I own Vince. You know, I think mm-hmm. they, they're they one and the same. 
And I agree. And they're and uh and they're you know and the and the thing is is they're one and the same. So I don't if if Donald's not wearing a mask, Vince is not wearing a mask. And the thing is is like I think they know like well, personally this is gonna sound crazy, but I I think the vaccine is, is already ready. I think it's done. I think it was done before. I I kind of do believe the conspiracy side that COVID was dropped to give the environment a break, bring down the toll of the world population, and it was decided probably at a Bilderberg meeting somewhere in Sweden. Like, uh, you know, I do sort of believe that, and I do believe the vaccination is, they have it. They're just going to wait a year to see the progress of the year that it's been, and look at they're doing great numbers. Oceans are looking better. Uh, the forests are looking better. The world, like the, the earth, is breathing and thriving uh, because of the lockdown and and the isolation. And it's just like, you know, it, it's better for the environment. And you know, we'll see how what happens. So I think Vince doesn't take it seriously at all because he kind of knows that a year from now everything's going to be okay. They're still planning on going ahead with next year's WrestleMania. Like, you know, like they're still planning to go ahead. Like, I haven't heard anything about SummerSlam, but, you know, uh, they're going ahead with WrestleMania next year for sure. They didn't want to cancel it this year, you know. And uh, I'm glad they did because I probably would have been stupid enough to go down to it if they didn't cancel. But um, I'm glad they did, so... Oh, I agree with you with everything you're saying. It's uh, it's a scary thing, and it's scary for what uh, Vince is doing with his people. I think the folks in AEW are doing a much better job. And the thing is, though, too, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Vince even make money? Didn't the company make money even with this virus thing going oh, on? Oh yes, I think- yeah, they, yeah. Their their reports came in, and they 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 they're making money, which people are like, because people didn't understand why they had to let go of all those wrestlers. They're yeah. like, all these wrestlers are out of work. There's no indies they can go to. But come on. These wrestlers, like, I'm not hurting for nobody. Zack Ryder's not hurting. He's good for cash. No. He can sell yeah. a dollar or two and be okay. So, yeah. you know, but it's just like there's so many of these people just, you know, if you don't have the indies to go to, you're just kind of sitting to wait till your contract comes up. Now, oddly enough, a lot of these people's contracts come up this weekend. And this weekend that we're talking, which will be last weekend uh, when this airs, uh, we'll know what happens by then. Slammiversary is was last weekend, and uh, or next weekend, depending on when you when you hear this. And uh, mm-hmm. the thing, my question is, Slammiversary, who how, who's going to show up? We know they've already had like they've had a loss of talent. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is left. Uh, Brian Cage is now in AEW. Um, they, I don't even know if Sammy Callahan is still there, but, um, but the fact is there are probably at least 15 to 20 wrestlers whose contracts are going to be finally up this weekend. So who's going to show up at Impact Slammiversary? That's what I'd like to know. I agree with you with that too. Plus, um, you know, we've been talking about the, uh, you know, COVID-19, um, we haven't even got into the uh, sex scandals that have been going on, too, which also depleted uh, a lot of wrestlers, of course, from the WWE's UK. As you mentioned, with Impact Wrestling, a lot of wrestlers were let go because of that storm happening, too. So, 
you know, when you look at what's going on, I mean, you know, the reality of things is it's not just that going on. It's the fact that if you conduct yourself a certain way now, you're going to be called out on social media. And whether you have or you haven't, that can affect your career. And a lot of guys are, are being let go because of that, too. Could you believe that Joey Ryan was actually living the gimmick? Uh, you know what? I here, here's the thing with Joey Ryan. Can't stand Joey Ryan. Could never stand his uh, his gimmick. I don't even know how he ended up getting hired. Uh, I, I'm I'm with Jim Cornette and the folks who ever listen to Jim Cornette's podcast. He's always all over uh, Joey Ryan. I think Joey Ryan is one of those guys who actually ruined uh, professional wrestling. And anybody who went along with that gimmick, I think. I, Complete idiots. I mean, yeah, I know you got to listen to what the promoters and the folks say because you signed a contract. But still, man, I'd rather walk away than do a match with him. And the fact that he was living it, you know what? Glad he's not around because there are two reasons. You just got two reasons why he should not be in professional wrestling. I uh, I came home when after I was up in Ottawa when all the Joey Ryan stuff went down. Uh, first thing I did was I came home. My roommate's like, uh, hey, did you hear? I'm like, I'm already at it. And I took Joey Ryan's <laughs> picture off my wall uh, that I had a picture with him. And uh, and and it, it's sort of funny because, like, I'm like, you know, you're not even good enough wrestler to live your gimmick. You're not Ric Flair. You're not Hulk Hogan. No. Get the fuck out of no. here. You know? And, yeah. and, and to be honest, like, the dick flip was one thing because it was always – I don't mind the dick flip when he was doing it with the guys because that's – that's entertaining and funny to me, especially when they have the big dip flip or the, how they get creative with it. Mick Foley took the dick flip. It's just a stupid move, right? It's like, no, but but the, what, what bothered me was when girls would, when he'd wrestle intergender matches and he was championing himself as this guy to push women forward and, you know, and then he'd make the girls do the dick flip. And that, to me, has always been uncomfortable. He had a move called the breastplex where he grabs the girls by the boobs or the boob plex and he would suplex them backwards like a belly to back suplex but he grabs them by the boobs i i don't understand what the necessity to grab them by the boobs to give them a belly back like i get it you're you're a porn guy you're sleazy but there's got to be a line where you had to draw it like uh i saw a match between i saw a match in uh toronto uh last year during SummerSlam weekend and Joey Ryan was in. It was the most uncomfortable match I ever sat through in my life. And I did not really like it at all. Um, and, uh, you know, so imagine like when... And also, the, nobody would... Ex the, he created this gimmick on his own at bar wrestling, his own... Vent like, he was the booker of, the, of his own room, of his own uh, show. So that's where this character, I think... Uh, came from and and then uh, made it there and it was, got so popular. It you know the, the the sad thing is about it all is Joey Ryan's gone, but Bar Wrestling was his show was a good show and Bar Wrestling's gone and that means a lot of jobs for a lot of wrestlers are gone. But good news, you're not going to be harassed uh, women who are working for Joey Ryan anymore. So that's good. Well, to me, that character was probably, to me, it was a ripoff of Val Venus. Oh, and, yeah. But if you looked at Val Venus, Val Venus was, you know, he just kind of winked, winked at the things that he was doing and saying. Um, 
Val Venus, you know, with a scruffy voice, yeah. was very good on the microphone in saying what he needed to say. Plus the fact he was a good in-ring technician. He yes. wasn't the greatest, but he was very good. He was a good middle wrestler. I mean, he wasn't going to win the world championship. That was not going to happen. But he was still very entertaining. And, you know, you probably did it in the past, too. You had a chance to actually sit down and speak with him. He's a very intelligent guy, too. Yes. So you put all that combination together, you had somebody who could go on for a very long time. This other clown was, to me, is just pure gimmick. I didn't like the way he wrestled. I hated that gimmick completely. Um, the way, as you mentioned, too, the way he treated women and things like that. I mean, I'm surprised people weren't waiting for him out in an alleyway to beat, to beat his ass, to be honest with you. I'm glad he's done. I'm glad he's gone. I hope he never comes back. Uh, I hated the fact that Impact Wrestling gave him the platform to be out there. It's just wrong, and it shouldn't happen, and I'm glad he's... If anything, I don't ever want to see him again. we got to get back. we got to get back into what professional wrestling is supposed to be, which is great competition, great speaking on the mic, um, great flair, great characters, and really reminding people to forget about your troubles. Come on out and enjoy a show. And I don't think we've been getting enough of that. No, I I, I agree totally. Uh, and But I do commend the... Um the the people that are still giving us the wrestling and yeah. um and and are doing a good job AEW um you know if anything covid has really allowed AEW to shine uh, I agree and uh and it's not like you know like I watched a match like a couple of weeks ago at Fight for the Fallen and I watched Sunny Kiss versus uh Cody Rhodes and uh, you know, and it's what a match! What a match! Well, uh, yeah, a few problems here and there in the match, but you got to realize that Sonny Kiss's television exposure and wrestling with cameras is not as great as Cody Rhodes's exposure at wrestling with cameras. Uh, Sonny is an independent, like an indie wrestler, who mm-hmm. is not getting a lot of TV time. They're starting to. I like that they're starting to. I like what they're doing with Janela. And Sonny, yes. they're putting them yep. together. Although, what yep. bothers me is, can we have some sort of kayfabe? Some sort of kayfabe. Like, can, like if you're in a storyline with Sonny Kiss and you're Joey Janela and it's a, maybe a little bit of a romantic storyline, can you just stay off your girlfriend's Instagram during that time? You know, or like, let us believe that this storyline is, is real. You know, that there is sort of a Thelma and Louise relationship between Joey and Sonny. And where is it going to go? You know, but you I just, always, it's already ruined because it. of Instagram. You just, you just nailed it right there. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, Tully Blanchard and Baby Doll and their relationship where they were supposed to have that relationship, even though Baby Doll was um, dating and what's his name? Um, uh, Jake's brother. Jake the Snake's brother, uh, and I can't think of his name right now. He's playing the cowboy kind of thing uh, when they were in the mid-Atlantic area, and I okay. cannot think of his name. But folks, look it up, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And the thing was, though, um, Baby Doll and, of course, the name I can't think of right now, um, they would be out in public. Of course, this is before social media stuff because we are talking about the 80s. And Tully would freak on them saying, you can't do this. 
you got to act like you're my girl. You can't be sitting there making out with him yeah. because you're ruining the whole situation. That's why anything that happened with them, like, for example, when, of course, you would never get away with this now, when Tony Blanchard slapped Baby Doll and Dusty came to his rescue, that's why it was even more intense because you got so invested in it because you believed you know, the two of them were dating and this is what was happening. Yes. Not the fact that they were, you know, put together and this is how it worked out and things like that. I absolutely agree with you that, yeah, maybe shut that down, the uh, social media. Don't show so much of your personal life. Yes. Let there be a bit of mystery happening. And I think we would get more invested in the storylines because honestly, when somebody does a storyline, or, or what I hate the most now, too, is when somebody gets attacked, and it seems like somebody's always getting attacked for the dumbest reasons, um, I'm not invested in it because I already know, okay, they wrote a script up probably about 15 minutes before the show. They said, this is what you're going to do. Ooh, look, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, and this is it. Or, ooh, look, now suddenly I'm romantically into you. Okay. Like, no. It has to build. There has to be a reason for it to happen. There has to be, you know, something that you're going to start getting and going, whoa, what's going on here? But it's just so much. Oh, I don't even know if it's just bad acting, and I don't want to say it's bad acting. I think it's because everybody's so busy trying to remember the scripts and what they're supposed to say back and forth, whereas back in the day when you had the Pipers and the Flares and the Rhodes and the Tullys and whoever else, the list goes on and on. These guys were able to develop where, you know, where it's like, okay, so what are we going to do? The story's about this? Okay. Boom, boom, boom. And they played off of each other. And it came out so real. You know, I was funny. I was um, I was just watching, um, and you would remember this, uh, especially because you did that great interview with uh, Ricky Steamboat when Ric Flair was U.S. champion. Yeah. And he attacked Ricky Steamboat, rubbing his face into the ground. Um, uh, Greg Valentine was involved with this, too. And, you know, Flair lifted, uh, Valentine lifting up his legs and Flair is rubbing his face into the mat and how, you know, there were pictures of him with the bruises and whatever. Now, when I was young and I was watching this, I believed this was going on. Yes. I was so invested in it, you know. And then when you hear the stories that you were able to get from, from Steamboat and talking about these things and you realize that these guys, you know, this is what they talked about and this is what they did. But it was just so believable because there was no scripts, you know. And, of course, there's no social media to to tell these stories. And that's why I go back to what you just said. I absolutely agree. Let there be some kind of mystery going on. And I think, um, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? He used to be a team champion. Who's that? Uh, Kenny Omega. Oh, yes. Kenny, Kenny Omega. Omega. Yeah. That's why Kenny Omega did so well in Japan because um, when he kind of did that, kind of, you know, gay line or whatever, it was believable. Yes. Because there was no scripts or anything else. They just did it. Yeah, you know? the Golden Lover storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you're just going, wow. And you're believing it. Even in this day, you're believing it. But, you know, when they finally get rid of the scripts and all this other nonsense, that's when we're going to get more invested. And as you just said, which I absolutely agree with you, stop posting so much about your personal life exactly. or just or, no please go ahead or just or just have two instagrams have one that the people are going to see that you and then have one that's for private for your work friends 
Like I don't. What bothers me the most, again, another another situation like Joy Joy Janela, is mm-hmm. um, is uh, Charlotte Flair and Andre and Andrada. Yeah. So Andrada comes to the ring with Selena. So it always was led to believe that Selena and Andrada were a thing, but you know, but then Andrada is always with Charlotte Flair in the Instagram, and Selena is with Alistair Black. Like I just, yeah. I don't need to know all that. It's wrecking the storyline. Like, I don't even know. Like, why if Selena is on her own, make her on her own. Like, make her with Black. But like, if she wants to have a, a like a. You know, like a a stable of wrestlers, like I believe that she's like uh, of Hispanic wrestlers, like I believe that she's developing. That's fine and dandy. Then do that, but don't make it seem like she's the love interest of Andrada uh, when when um, when it's Charlotte Flair and they're and they're Instagramming all over the place. You know, absolutely, absolutely agree with you in that. Um, and and to take it further too. To me, the only person who balances extremely well with, uh, I shouldn't say the only, but I would say my top guy, who balances personal life and the, actually, say two people, personal life and the professional life, Chris Jericho, number one. He, he, he's just amazing how he does it because even though you know, again, it's all story, whatever, even when he's getting pissed off, you actually believe he's getting pissed off or he wants to do this or he wants to do that. You can make the most horrible situation like what happened with him and Tyson and yeah. still try to make something out of it because that was just so bad. I don't know what the hell Tyson was thinking or wasn't thinking or whatever else. <laughs> but um, it was Jericho that still made it great. And the other person is uh, Matt Hardy. Um, Matt Hardy gets it. He understands it, which is why the way he works his personas uh, on television and on social media, and it works. I don't think there's anybody else out there who does it better than those two. No, I agree. I I think Chris Jericho is pretty much uh, the best at everything that he does. Look at uh, his match with Orange Cassidy a few weeks ago. Oh, was uh, was was just awesome. It was just awesome. Yep. And and like he he recognizes talent. I did not like Sammy Guevara. Uh, I did not like him at all when I first started watching AEW. Now Agreed. it's like I want him back. I'm like, oh, same I'm, here. I'm like, I'm like, he said something stupid. He apologized yeah. for it. He didn't move or make an or make a move on any. He just said something stupid. Like, yes. And he's apologized for it. Uh, it's just you know, I guess he, he he's suspended for a while, but. Uh, but when he comes back, I'm looking forward to it. I thought the Stampede match was great, and I think Sammy is. Uh, um, you don't realize that f- the inner circle uh, misses him until you realize that where's Sammy? Oh, he's he's not there. Like he's kind of like Jericho's puppy, and exactly. And it's like you know Scooby and Scrappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Meanwhile, in the and then you got the rest of the gang, and I just, uh, you know, I just, I want, I think Sammy got the short end of the stick. He, he tried to make a joke. Uh, he used the wrong words, uh, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I get I get where he was saying, but, again, don't put that in writing on Twitter, <laughs> you know, like, 
Say that in the car on the way to the gig. You know. There you go. You don't. You don't put it in writing. You can. There's nothing. You know. The joke he made was wrong, but it was also yeah. made at the wrong time with the wrong people. You know. Yeah. There as as a comedian, there when you're in a car with other comedians, there's no no rules. Everything is a go, and the comedians have the worst sense of humor. So when I see something like Sammy Guevara and how he's going down for uh, a, a, making a rape joke, uh, you know, um, you know, people's like, you can't even say that word. And I was like, you know, well, don't tell me. Tell the dictionary. It's in there. But, you know, like, it's just, it's just you, you make that joke and then, you know, it's he it, it, put it in writing. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the dumbest thing ever. You know, don't put anything in writing. You know, like, and uh, and it's just, it's just a, it was just, it's just a bad joke made by a kid, and um, not even this year. It was like two years ago. So you know, uh, I don't. I'm not a big fan of cancel culture, um, but uh, it, it's just, it's just, it's just annoying, and it's annoying that. Uh, I, I want Sammy Guevara back uh, after he's done his time, and uh, and hopefully I I believe. Look at this kid is this is the first time he's ever been in the spotlight, and I'm sure the lesson has been learned, and I'm sure when he comes back he will be better than ever. So I oh my god I so agree with you. You know, I'm sorry, but the being chased by the golf cart and being chased by the horse will always be magic for me for, for 2020 and watching a program. Two of the funniest things. I like. I was on the floor laughing so hard. And just the expressions on his face and the way he was running, it, it, it's great stuff. And he, man, he takes bumps. Yes. For a little guy, he takes some serious bumps, but he understands how to play up his strengths and he's learned how to hide his weaknesses. You know, something that, um, and I'm kind of jumping around here, but something, because I listen to the Jim Cornette podcast, and yeah. I, I enjoy them. And Cornette's, the that, Cornette's very enjoyable. He's very enjoyable. He is, he is. Whether you agree or disagree with him, but one of the things that Cornette has said, which I absolutely agree with, growing up back in the day when I watched wrestling, wrestlers look like men, okay? The bad guys look like bad guys. Good guys look like good guys. Even when they switched from good guy to bad guy, um, they just look like men, whether they had hair on their back or, you know, these big grizzly beards or, you know, and they lived the gimmick to the point where you would be scared to death to be around them, um, whether it be a good guy or a bad guy. <clears throat> um, and, you know, they're all like, you know, 250, 300. A lightweight would be 220 pounds. You know? Yeah, Chris Jericho um, was like 240, and they'd considered him a, a lightweight. Yeah, exactly. So the problem with today is lightweight is really lightweight. I mean, you got guys being announced at 155 pounds, and you're going, are you kidding me? Like, this, this is wrestling. Yes, I get it. Guys, you know, it, it evolves, but... These guys look like lightweights. They look like little bodybuilders. Um, they don't look like men, if you know what I mean. They look like they should be doing a, a swimsuit competition or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think we need back 
men. I mean, you look at Chris Jericho. Jericho did, especially because of working in Japan, he put on more weight. He's you know he's got the tattoos going and everything else, and he gets his involving. Whereas before he was a pretty boy brat, but now he understands he is a man. He wants to play the part as a man, and he's looking like a man in wrestling. And when you got to say that somebody like Chris Jericho looks like the tough guy, that says enough when you look at the lightweights. And I think we definitely need a big change with that. Sammy is in that lightweight, but Sammy has taken, like I said, he's still able to hide his weaknesses and push his strengths, and he takes some amazing bumps, which I hope doesn't affect his uh, long-term career. But there are a lot of guys who don't do that. Yeah. And it's just like... I don't take you seriously. Seriously, like I love Jungle Boy, and I love where he's evolving. But he's only evolving because of the Jerichos and the Codys uh, and what they're teaching him. If yeah. he was just being him in some other organization, um, I would be like, "Are you kidding me? I don't care who his dad was. Get just get him, get him away from me." One thing I will say, which is great about AEW, is they are doing everything they can to push people's strengths and hide their weaknesses. Paul Heyman, of course, was a master at that in ECW, which is why ECW lasts as long as it has. WWE, I think, they've got some big, powerful guys, but the problem is, uh, especially as you said, Fabe being gone, they ruin those characters and making them soft. And, you know, again, yeah. you're going to... Like I'm, yeah, you might be a big guy or whatever, but I'm even thinking I could probably whoop your ass too. No, you got to get back to the whole, you know, Ming kind of thing where it's like, yeah, no, you even look at me the wrong way, I'll kill you. And the only person to me who really has that is Randy Orton, which is why I think Randy Orton is another one of the hottest. I would say WWE, Randy Orton, AEW, Chris Jericho. Yeah, I think so too, and. um and you know, there's there's only like three brands running basically is is AEW, uh, WWE, and Impact um, are the only. No, I didn't mention Impact. No, I know you said no. There's not a lot going on <laughs> in Impact. You you know no. you got like, Moose is there, a terrible oh. name for a wrestler. Uh, yeah, you know that hurts every time I see him. Oh. Yeah, uh, Tommy Dreamer is one of their top guys, and he's booking. Um, you know, and uh, you know, it's like uh, Don Callius is still there, and he's booking as well. And and uh, but as far as like you know, when they were in Toronto two years ago, now their mm -hmm. roster was way better than what it is now. The best thing Absolutely. Impact has going for them is the North. Uh, is um, Jason, I agree. Uh, Jason Ale uh, Jason Alexander is it? Alex is it Jason? Ale Who's okay? The Walking Weapon. Uh, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, all ego Ethan Page. Those guys have have done like since given the opportunity, have made the best of their opportunity, and now they can. I think they can go anywhere they want. They want to wrestle afterwards. Absolutely, they're there to me. They're still from the cut from the same mold as the Anderson brothers. Two tough guys who just want to go out there and beat the hell out of you, but at the same time that you could see that they've got wrestling skills so if you want to go for an all-out brawl you've got a team for that if you want to just go out there and wrestle uh hold for hold move for move they're perfect for that too in fact I, 
Again, I don't want to knock Impact because I know Impact is still trying to get their footing, but I think they're bigger than Impact. The only other thing that I like about Impact, too, is their women wrestling. I can see that that's something that seems to be building up, and they seem to have some pretty good storylines there, too. But other than that, I don't really watch. There's not really much for me to see. And as you mentioned about uh, Tessa Blanchard, um, it was funny because I was kind of a fan of hers. I looked at uh, what she was doing, and, yeah, she was sort of changing things up. I did not believe, though, that she could win a world championship. Especially um, especially when Brian Cage is who she's wrestling. Exactly. And, like, come exactly. on, come on. No. 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 The As, only time I ever believed anything for a woman being able to do that, and that was China. And that's only because of the way China was built, the way she spoke, the way she did wrestle in the ring. Yes. Um, to me, that was believable. And I can understand why they were even talking before that she might actually have won the world championship. So, to me... That made sense only because of her, but she was the exception, God rest her soul. I haven't seen any other female wrestler other than, and this might surprise you for me to say this, the only other person that I could see if I ever saw somebody say, hey, this female could actually win a male world championship or whatever, I would actually say Charlotte Flair. Well, I'm 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 with you on that. I I don't understand why Charlotte Flair doesn't go into 205 Live and just take that title. Yeah. Like there's yeah. like if you're going to make a weight restriction for 205 Live for the cruiserweights, why not let women wrestle cruiserweights? They're the same yeah. weight. You know, it doesn't it it, it doesn't it, it makes sense to me in that matter. Uh Tessa Blanchard I always thought has a China thing to her, but I don't ever think that she's China. I actually think she's a better, way better wrestler than China. But that, yeah. but that's. But with that said, I want to know where she's going to go next because there's so many things that I want to see happen um, with uh, with her at, in both companies. Like I want to see her. I've talked about this time and time again. I want her to just come into the WWE and destroy anyone who takes claim to a four-horse woman crown, whether it be Becky or Charlotte or Sasha or Bailey or Ronda or Shayna or the other two. There's eight girls in that company that all call themselves horsewomen, and there's an actual horsewoman to come in, and she should take them all out one by one. Ronda's not there, so it's going to be pretty easy. So, And then when you get to Charlotte, Maybe she takes the mask off. Maybe she's wearing a hood or a mask or something. But and then it's reve- the reveal like it's Tessa Blanchard. Oh my God! Because everybody knows who Tessa Blanchard is. They know the name. She's a horsewoman, you know. And uh, you know, and her and Charlotte know each other very well. They go way back. Uh, there's pictures of them from years ago. You know, flashing the. There's a bit. I actually I've seen Charlotte do. Tessa Blanchard's uh, back head turn and wink, like her her move, mm-hmm. and she's I've seen Charlotte do it. So it's just like they're you know I know they're buddies, and I want to Charlotte and Tessa Blanchard. That to me could main event any any WWE pay per view card. That's a that's a main event match right there and a draw. Flair so, versus Blanchard. 
Who doesn't want to so see here's that? Where my, here's where my problem comes in. Because of the controversy with Tessa being a black man myself, if it's true that she was, you know, bullying racist comments and all these other things, yes. then I don't want to see her. Yes. That's I... where my problem comes in. I agreed with everything. In fact, I even thought to myself, too, that the WWE should have grabbed her and started trying to start a new uh, four horsewomen with actual bloodline four horsewomen. I absolutely agree with you with all that. But because of that, and again, it was posted on social media. There are people saying it was true. She's denying it. I don't know what the truth is. That's where my problem comes in. And that's where, again, where that you know veil has been lifted in knowing what people's true personalities are. What, is this her true personality? I have no idea. But it makes me go, hmm, because before I was a massive fan of hers. But, but when this controversy came out, it went down to going, do I want to see her? I don't think she's racist, though. Can you date Ricochet and still be racist? Is that possible? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. I didn't know that. She, she, no. There you go. You just, you, just, you just pointed something out for me. Yeah, like she had a long relationship with Ricochet uh, on the indies. Like there's pictures of them and everything. Like they were a couple. So I don't really buy into the racist thing. And, you know, it, you know, there's two sides to every story. Did she say it? It's easy. There's two girls that seem to be saying that she said it. But, again, these two girls aren't Tessa Blanchard. They could easily just want her spot. It's so, you know, we, we don't know and we weren't there. And it's just like it's only two girls. And it's very – look, at the, the reason why Gio Meshi won his case – was because the three the three or four girls that were going after him actually got on the Facebook together and said, we all have something in common, let's take this fucker down. And right mm-hmm. there is four women conspiring to take down some John, uh, Gian Gomeshi. Now, he's a piece of mm-hmm. shit. But he got off because of this conspiracy, because of this fucking email, uh, this Facebook email, like of right. them conspiring. So... It, it can very easily happen in wrestling where where a couple people conspire to take someone down uh, social media wise. I, you know, but I don't know the story. So, you know, I, you know, I it, do. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was going to say, and, and I was going to just jump in and I'm going to say I agree with you because the story did come out when it was either the week leading up to. I do believe it. Yeah, it was the week leading up to her winning that world championship. Yes. So I will add that into it, too. So it does, I agree with you. Question that I didn't know about the Ricochet relationship. So that makes me think, hmm, again, too. But then there was stories, too, about Tully Blanchard being a racist. Well, so you're he's, hearing all these different things. Yeah. Well, anybody that's like, you know, like, the whole Kogan thing is devastating to me. Um, I agree. Because, you know, like, it's such a... You know, it's just, it's, that's my childhood right there. And that's the guy I looked up to. And I know he was at the lowest point in his life. And it's just like, I don't know. You have to, I don't know. Like, it's like, now I'm, I'm saying, I don't know. It's very easy for me to say that because I'm white, but, um, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't like, it's just, I feel, I feel bad. I feel more uh, bad for him if he is that person. You know what I mean? Like, I feel really sorry for him because, 
Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he is that person. I know I've listened. I've seen. I've listened to the tape on the video, but he was suicidal and and uh, in the worst point in his life at that point. But it's like I'm not gonna say he doesn't say the word. Like you know, like heck, I'm from the Ottawa Valley. Uh, you know, like I've heard it at my grandma's dinner table, my uncles. Uh, you know, and but mind you, I don't really talk to my uncles. Uh, but, uh, you know, but it's just like, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for Tessa Blanchard, but, uh, I would like to see all this come out and get cleared up and then maybe move forward or, or just maybe just move. So I, I, I would agree with, I would agree with that. And going back to the whole Kogan thing, I mean, I've, I've interviewed, uh, the holster myself too. I've taken pictures of them. I've always had a really pleasant, you know, conversation with him. The thing that's really kind of funny to me, though, is um, a friend of mine was in Florida, and he happened to go over to Hulk Hogan's, what is it called, the beach house? Yeah. The beach shop. And he was actually saying to me that the counter people, there was a male and a female. The female was great. The male was actually a racist and was saying racist things to him about, you know, we got to get rid of these people and all these other things. Oh. And my friend was sending me messages while this was going on. And I'm just shaking my head like, are you serious? So it, it made me go back to like, Hogan, why are you hiring these kind of people kind of things, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it does put it in. But I do agree with you. I mean, yeah, you know, you've got the ex-wife uh, saying that you're sleeping with your buddy Brutus. um, you know, uh, she's taking, you know, you had to keep wrestling because she was spending money like crazy. You had a, uh, a reality show where you're trying to help your daughter have a music career. Meanwhile, your wife would, you know, do whatever she needed the camera and then go off into to the bed, not have anything to do with you. And then when you split up, she's dating a younger guy who's a friend of your, your son's, um, so, yeah, with everything going on, I do give a little bit of leeway, and only because meeting him, he never acted like, you know, get out of my face or whatever else. He was always he was very humbling. He was very, Not only that, you know, whatever his, else. So his, his, I'll give it that. Also, his history of working with African Americans. He's, con like, from Mr. T to Tiny Lister to Junkyard Dog to... Kamala, the Ugandan giant, to Bad News Brown, to you know, like the there is a fairly long list of of black artists that he that he has worked with. Like if he didn't like the if he didn't like black people, why would he give them such a big payday or even the opportunity to step into the ring with him? So well, that's just it. Too. I agree with that. I agree with that. And it's funny because I don't I don't know if we should go go into this, but. Well, let's do go into a little bit of that if we can, um, because we are talking about with, uh, you know, we were talking about COVID and how it's been affecting, um, you know, wrestling and things like that. Now with racism being up in the forefront, I mean, for the last couple of years, even before all this was going on, I had been, you know, listening to interviews, especially, as you mentioned, uh, Bad News Brown or Bad News Allen, whatever you want to uh, call them. Yes. And him talking about wrestlers like Andre the Giant and yes. Dusty Rhodes constantly using the N-word. And he would call, you know the stories, he would call them out. I mean, there was yeah. uh, the incident he talked about being on the bus 
and Andre was, you know, using the N-word several times, and Bad News told him, hey, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to tell them to stop this bus, and you are going to step outside. Andre, at first, wasn't going to pay him any mind. He said, stop the bus, let's go. Andre apologized. Yeah. Didn't yeah. go out there. No. With Dusty Rhodes, um, Dusty was using, uh, using that with S.D. Jones, he said to S.D. Jones, hey, why are you letting him call you that? And, he's, and S.D. saying, hey, we're buddies and whatever else. And Bad News said, no, 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 you don't let him do that. Show more respect for yourself. So when they wrestled in the ring, and again, this was all in Japan, he would not sell for Dusty. And as the story goes, Dusty comes back crying like, why would you sell for me? And he told him straight off the bat, Stan Hansen is laughing his head off at the back going, well, you shouldn't be using the N-word, you know? So there has been a culture of that word being um, used. Now, I don't know what the culture is now in whether it be in the indie markets or what's going on now. Um, you've got the New Day who have mentioned about their past uh, situations in in having to deal with racism and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look back and you read stories like Sweet Daddy Siki and Ernie Ladd and, you know, those great Bobo Brazil and, you know, guys who could have lost their lives doing what they did. Yeah. Because they had to deal with racism. All I could say is right now, um, I hope that it isn't as influential as it has been in the past. Um, but man, when you're seeing all this stuff going on on social media with the Karens and Kevins and whatever else, and people just spewing out all these crazy things, you know, I, I would hope that's not going on in impact or in ROH or in the WWE or in AEW. If there's one organization, I think definitely would not happen. I don't think it would be allowed in AEW. That's for sure. But I hope all the other organizations, I hope they follow through with that too. I I hope so too, because wrestling is usually a reflection. I've always felt that wrestling has always been a reflection of society. Uh, Mm -hmm. they, They often will parody or, or mimic what is going on in the real world within their world, and uh, I and I think that's fine, and 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 you know, uh, you know, much like they, but but when you're t- we're talking about the, the the racism in wrestling, you know, it's like um, it's not just black people too. It's the the stereotypes of making villains, uh, you know, like the Russian always had to be the villain. I agree. Or, or the Iron Sheik had to be the villain. It's like just because you're from another country should not make you another villain. Should not make you a villain, or because you're communist, you know, that does not make you a villain. You just have a different opinion than America, you know. Um, and I wish that kind of booking would stop as well. Uh, and I don't think it has been. It it, it kind of has. We're kind of uh, behind and after you know after that, but we're not because um, you know like. You know, where is Jinder Mahal? <laughs> what happened to him? Like, Did he hurt himself, though? Did he? Well, I know the Singh yeah, brothers he, got hurt several times, Randy Orton. Yeah, he came when he his that big comeback, and I do believe he, he either did something to his arm or his leg, and that's why he's he's out again. But he, he's never been used properly. And, if I, and personally, I think he's one of those guys who could have uh, 
um, done better with a manager and not spoken. Yes, know? agreed. Um, he's he's a horrible. I mean, he looks amazing, and what he's done to his body, which I hope it's not all juiced, but uh, what he's done, and he, like I said, he looks great. He can wrestle. It's just that when he starts talking, he just he he loses all all yeah. energy. Um, and and I agree with you where you're going with this because I mean I will give the WWE credit, you know, um, NXT Black Champion, uh, uh, World Champion, uh, going to say World Champion, whatever. Uh, the Women's Champion is um, uh, Japanese. Yes. Uh, you look at uh, the uh, WWE Champion, female, Japanese. The New Day Tag Team. Um, Bailey and Sasha are biracial. uh, There you go, exactly. So the fact that they have finally recognized that, and for people who don't know about this, Vince McMahon at one point did not like having uh, Asian uh, female wrestlers have championships because he didn't think that uh, people would accept that. And that's only about we're talking two years ago. And 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 he and it's clearly proven that that's not the case when you watch Oscar or Kari Sane yeah. uh, wrestle, like especially those two, uh, you know. And not to mention there are plenty of Asian women that are wrestling in AEW as well that are that are greatly, uh, you know, they're great and they're talented. So yeah. you know, I'm you know, like I when I heard that Kari Sane left, I was sad. I thought like, oh, that I'm never gonna see that elbow again. You know, mm-hmm. like to me, you know, Macho Man's elbow is his, and Shawn Michaels is his, or Shawn Michaels is Macho's as well. And uh, but but Gary Sane's elbow is one of a kind. And uh, the way she puts her body and throws into it, I mean, man, that <sighs> is like the ooh. height, the height that she yeah. gets. She goes straight yeah. up and she comes straight down, and it's yeah. just like. It's great, and her and Oscar. I know Vince was just like, "Let's put the Asians together," but it was yeah. it. It actually worked. Like those two together are so good with each other, and yeah. um, I love I love them both. And I just uh, you know, it's uh, I wish they still had the belts, but uh, you know, I like the fact that they're going back and forth with Bailey and Sasha. I like, uh, and I like I like Bailey as a heel too. So. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's good with what they're doing right now as far as the women are going in WWE. So Bailey and Sasha are. I look forward to, like when they're coming on camera. I don't go to the washroom. I don't go get food. I sit back to see what they're gonna say and do. They are old school bad boys. I I I love the sarcasm. I love the lines that they're coming out with. Um, I hope they don't break them up for a long time. I know that's what it was supposed to be, but I hope they stay together for a very long time. And I agree with you. Uh, oh my God, they're they're are funny as hell, and they're quick. I love everything they're doing, and I hope a lot of people start following that because this is where we talk about being entertaining. Number one, number two, because of all the off stuff that they're saying, that's not scripted. They're just saying things off the top of their heads, which is what makes it work. And then, of course, the in-ring, um, the great technicians. So the whole combination works. And this is where we go back to what we were talking about even earlier. If you let the wrestlers do these kind of things, 
the product will be much, much better. And I know that AEW is trying to AEW is trying to do this. ROH has been doing this for years, but ROH, as you notice, has tried to go into that scripted thing, which I cannot stand. Don't want it. Don't need it. Just go back to what you were doing before. Um, like I said, AEW isn't doing a lot of that, but I hope they stay away from that. And Impact Wrestling, they're trying, man, they're just throwing darts in the air and they're trying anything that uh, that yeah. comes up. But but I'm, I want to jump over, if you don't mind, sir, over back to AEW. And I want to ask you this. Go ahead. Because there was something that I, I put on um, uh, social media a couple of times in talking about wrestling. Cody's wife. What is her name again? Brandy Rhodes. Brandy. Okay. Why is she even on camera? Why do they use her? Well. Because. She seems to be the only character that seems to be forced on us, and they really don't. Ha- and to me, they don't really have a storyline with her that works because before she was supposed to be some leader of some cult kind of thing, and that looks stupid. And then she was sort of bringing Cody into the ring as a second, and that looks stupid. Um, and then she's doing the- she was doing the same thing with Dustin. And now she's in this tag team that, to me, makes no sense whatsoever. I just feel like every time I see her, she's forced on us. What do you think, sir? Uh, I kind of think uh, she, yeah, she's like, hey, pick a job and stick with it. You know, you're the chief branding officer. We know you have a, you know, we she, we have, she has an office job as well as the wrestler. Uh, but, yeah, she is... She's with Cody, and then she's not with Cody, and then she's doing this thing, and she's a bad girl here, and she's got too many things on the go. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go with this tag team with Allie. I'd like to see it go somewhere. I think the two of them look good together. Um, uh, I Allie's kind of floundering, too. They're looking for something for her. Uh, she's a very talented wrestler. In her own right, uh, I've watched her have many matches with Smash Toronto, and um, you know, and I think uh, yeah, it's something's got to be uh, done with 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 her, and uh, maybe tagging her with Brandy might be a good idea. But really, the whole women's division, um, it, it it they do have a solid women's division, but I'm really yeah. just waiting for Britt Baker to come back because oh, Britt God. Baker has made herself has got herself over without even wrestling. Every week she is entertaining and, uh, you know, and, and um, yeah, she's fantastic. And I just can't wait for, for her to get healthy and to get back into the wrestling. And, um, you know, because AEW does have a good women's division. So, uh, yeah, I Brandy, put her in a tag team for a while, I guess maybe. That might be good. But, uh, you know, um you know, just and she's always going to second Cody because Cody can't be Cody Rhodes without Brandy. It's Cody and Brandy Rhodes. So I get it, but I, I, I see, I understand that, and I, and I do agree with you with the doctor. Oh my God, she is hilarious. I wasn't sure about that whole thing before in the beginning, and then when they tried when they turned her heel, I wasn't sure about it. But now I think she's just hilarious as hell. I can't wait if and when she gets to that belt because I think she's going to do it justice. But with Brandy, though, it's just that I, it's painful for me to watch her. Like, there again, there needs to be a reason why, and I feel like they're forcing reasons why we need to watch her. Yes. I mean, leave her on dark 
or just don't put her on at all. It's just like if you think about um, uh, Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon comes on, and, and you know as well as I do, a lot of people, like just hearing her voice, you just want to like, Turn it off, kill yourself. Yeah. Yes. But she only comes on when it's necessary or they've got a good idea and going, okay, let's do this. Other than the fact, she's working in the back and doing what she needs to do. Brandy, to me, should be doing that. Just work in the back. You don't have to be on camera. I think that's just ego. It's not like she's going to lose her job. No. You know? Yeah. Give give the other uh, wrestlers their time, their spotlight. Do what you need to do. Help Agreed. coordinate. Whatever the heck else. Do yeah. whatever. And then when there's a moment that is appropriate for her to be out there, then let's do it. Like, because for example, when she got, um, who fell on her? When she got injured in uh, one of Cody's matches and somebody had fallen on her, you could tell even before that was going to happen that that was going to happen. It was just like this is so fake. Is ah, oh, here it comes. She got hit. Oh, she's rolling on the ground. Oh, okay. What was she doing out there in the first place? She didn't need to be out there. I mean, yes, I understand. It's her and Cody. But really, Cody needs her. Cody's already got double A, and I love the fact that double A yells at him. Yeah. You know, I love that double A actually plays like a coach and going, what are you, an idiot? You don't do this. You do this kind of thing. Yeah. She is not needed at all. Stand, in my opinion, stand the back, do whatever you need to do there, do your branding and whatever else. Um, If you need to make an announcement about something, make the announcement. But we don't need to see you in the ring. Or if you decide to be in the ring, stay off the microphone. Because, sorry, she's horrible on the mic also, my opinion. I I don't think she's very good on the mic as well. And I do agree with, like, everything that you're saying. Uh, Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, Brandy Rhodes, just uh, take a chill. You don't need to be in every segment. Agreed. You know? And, and and you know where she definitely doesn't need to be with the jabronis and the side uh, ringside. Yeah. You know the che- the fan do the fan people cheers. Sometimes you'll see her in there, and it's like, why is she even in there? She's being you, the, getting the back. You know. You know. You so. just brought something. You just brought something out, and I would love to talk about too. Um, I don't know how much more time that we have, but um, who do you think does it better with the audience? AEW or WWE? AEW. AEW because WWE was like, first of all, WWE did the first uh, no show show. You know what I mean? Like uh, without people. Um, AEW did theirs and immediately, not immediately, but shortly thereafter, WWE changed to be more like AEW. They like, because to me, WWE had the the they had the ramp uh, to the to the right of the stage, whereas mm-hmm. AEW has it at the back of the stage. So your hard cam is always on the the backdrop. I had right. never understood why WWE didn't do that before AEW. That's just a that's just a there's just a flaw because WWE have to have their backdrop as the fans and they have to have this camera angle and then there's too much going on. But now when they need to simplify it, they took they took from AEW. They now their backdrop is the screen and their entrance as well, um, so they took that from AEW and having the fans there as well. Now when AEW did it, 
It made sense. MJF was out there gambling on matches. Uh, that was my favorite. <laughs> yes. You and then you had you have the gun club there just hanging out. And you have all these people hanging hang just just hanging out. And that's it's see it it doesn't seem forced and contrived. Whereas exactly. WWE, it looks like those guys are are, are are caught in those fucking in those areas and they can't get out. You know? Yes. They're they're like in, I feel like the WWE fans are like a house of mirrors, but it's all just plexiglass. And they're stuck in their areas, and they they can't really get out. They can't move around. And uh, AEW also, because they're outside, they can put people up in their amphitheater seats, which they are doing. They are. Yep. They do have people at their matches now. So be, WWE tried to do it, and oh, the re, the the COVID just went through the roof. So mm-hmm. you know they immediately had to stop. So. AEW, as far as the 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 COVID era, uh, is winning the COVID era war by far and beyond, and and they don't even have the talent that the WWE have, but they are winning the COVID war. That's the way I look at it. So I absolutely agree with you on that, man. WWE, I think WWE's like, when is this going to end? We need to ride this out so we can get back on top. And absolutely, but we don't know if that's ever going to happen. Are you ever? Are we ever going to have seventy thousand people in a stadium together ever again? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. you can have thirty thousand in a seventy thousand seat stadium, and thirty thousand. Like, hey, there's nothing wrong with booking a. a <laughs> there's nothing. I'll just say, it. there's nothing wrong with booking a big stadium and only having it a quarter full. At least that's what they told the AWA. Um, wow. you know, wow. like you look at those rock fests yeah. and uh, they're in a big stadium and they don't have anybody. And, uh, I will also say this, the Freebirds are lucky. They went in the hall of fame two years ago because they wouldn't be getting in this year with the Confederate flag. So, uh, <laughs> great point, my friend. Great point. You know, I was, cause even two years ago when they went in, I was like, are they going to show videos of them in the Confederate flag? Like, it, it, that, like now, I don't believe that those. Well, you know, I don't know, but but I just the flag was just a flag. I don't think that the the meaning behind the flag was uh, was rampant with them, or I don't know. But but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just looked at it as being a part of a car. I never knew what that flag meant um, until you know all the controversy started. But then it's like, yeah, why do they have a flag still? Nobody's flying the other flags that have lost wars, you know. So I get it. Um, yeah, we're you and I. Whenever we start talking wrestling, the time really flies. It, <laughs> we have been talking wrestling for seventy minutes already. And, oh my goodness! Uh, and we didn't even talk about the NWA, so we got to do that the next time, my friend. Well, the NWA is done. They folded. They uh, they folded up, and uh, I guess it's over. That's why we don't talk about it. Yeah, you okay. know, and, uh, I just. Uh, Billy Corgan, my Billy Cor, poor Billy Corgan, had to go back out on tours of Smashing Pumpkins and pay play the whole <laughs> album Infinite Sadness and Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. He had to go back out on his tour because he lost all of his money financing his wrestling hobby, <laughs> and now he's has to close it again. I'm like the guy, he can't win, even though the NWA action was so good, um, it was. was so entertaining, and uh, you know like. 
Jeepers. Like, uh, just, it's sad. But uh, I hope NWA Power comes back uh, when all I this is so. over. And I so. uh, and I hope, uh, you know, I hope uh, the world gets better soon and um, and we can turn, return to some, some sort of normalcy. Uh, I agree with you, my friend. Um, uh, you know, and it's kind of funny because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I bought my I bought my first pro wrestling illustrated magazine that I haven't bought in years because back in the day, I bought every magazine every month, and then of course, once the whole KPA came out and the magazines didn't know what to put out, I stopped. I just recently bought one just to see what it looked like. Um, so I'm gonna probably go back to reading my wrestling magazines and you know i'm still trying to watch as many different uh whether it be the new wrestling programs to whatever organization or which of course i love to do watching um some of the old whether it be uh mid-atlantic wrestling or wccw or florida or the continental just to see what it was like or what i forgot and missed and, uh, yeah, as many of the podcasts as possible and just hearing the stories from the wrestlers and going, oh, so that's what was going on. So, you know what, either way, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to get my wrestling fill. <laughs> and what makes it even better is what you do, my friend, oh, in you. making sure that there's a platform for us wrestling fans to hear the stories from the wrestlers and from fans also and, uh, you know, helping keep this. And I call it a sport. Not that entertainment stuff. It is a sport in my eyes and always will be. And you give it the platform and a great platform, too. Thank you, Rudy. I don't even need to say anything else to go. That's what we're going out on. I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to try to talk over a compliment like that. Thank you very kindly for saying that. Folks, thank you for joining us on uh, Talking Wrestling. Thank you for putting us, letting us put a headlock on your ears. Uh, stay home, stay safe, wear a mask, and uh, stay apart. Uh, until then, we will talk to you from more than six feet next week. And uh, and thanks for listening to Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. Thank you, Rudy Blair. It's been a great Thank show. Thank you, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Have a great one. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.